Hello everyone, welcome back. This is Sarah Smith and you're listening to Raw Intentions. Alrighty, it is Tuesday, February 7th, currently right 9.52 a.m. I am recording this live from Breckenridge. I moved last week from Winter Park, Colorado to Breckenridge, Colorado. I'll be here until May 1st and I'm really excited. I mean, I loved Winter Park so much and I'm gonna miss it and miss my roommates and had so much fun there. I think I was there for like two, two and a half months, but I'm also really excited to be here for this new adventure. We're like walking distance from Main Street. I'm living in a ski house here with eight people, which will be an adventure for sure. It's three girls, five guys. Love those numbers. We're like right in the mix. I mean, Breckenridge is definitely a lot more popping than Winter Park is. Winter Park is more of a local town, local mountain, so I wouldn't say there's as much to do, which was really enjoyable in its own right, but it's a nice contrast here now. I mean, Main Street has a million bars and restaurants. We're like super close to Cecilia's, which is this badass club if you've ever been to Breck. And if you are in Breck at all and you're listening to this uh, in the next couple months to come ski, then hit me up. Let me know. I'm officially a local now and would love to hang out and meet y'all in person. Um, But let me backtrack a second. I try to do little uh, elevator pitch blurbs uh, in our intros about me in case this is your first time listening. If this isn't, then you've heard this all before, so just (laughs) buckle up or mute me. Um, But my name is Sarah Smith, like I said in the intro, Sarah with an H, Smith with a Y. I am 28 years old. I'm from Madison, Alabama. Graduated from Auburn University in 2017 with a double major in Spanish and rehab and disability studies and was going to go to occupational therapy school after living and waitressing in Spain for a while just to gain fluency. Then I started a business called Raw and Rebellious. If you haven't heard of it, it's at raw underscore rebellious on Instagram. Definitely check it out. I started that the summer before my senior year, just handmaking jewelry for myself because I had no money and wanted jewelry, but I couldn't afford anything. Then I started making it for my friends. I started making it for my coworkers at Texas Roadhouse and it just kind of took off my senior year. So it is now my full-time job. I was supposed to go to grad school for OT, never went back. It snowballed into a brand, a business, now a podcast, a community, lots of things. So I'm really excited from, you know, seeing where it started and where we are now. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. And then this podcast I started last year in June. I've had this idea for a couple years now and just kind of dragged my feet, but I'm really excited that it's out there. We drop new episodes. I say we, I mean me, once a week. Sometimes I do solo episodes like today. Sometimes I have guests on like my friends and peers and, you know, this realm of small business owners and influencers and uh, working through Instagram. So I have a lot of big plans with this, um, but also, you know, I'm kind of just winging it. So if you ever have any ideas of things you want me to talk about, guests you want me to have on, I'm always all ears. You can DM us at Raw Intentions Podcast for any and all ideas. And then just getting back to me because I love talking about myself. I moved to Atlanta after college for a couple years and then moved to Denver, Colorado like two and a half, almost three years ago and lived there for a couple years, didn't know anyone, met a ton of amazing, incredible friends that I'll now have forever. And then this ski season, I kind of sent it and moved to the mountains. So I was living in Winter Park, like I said, which is a local ski town, like an hour and a half from Denver. Now I'm living in Breckenridge, Colorado. That's a little more well known. And then I'm going to make the move and sign a year lease this coming August in Breckenridge area uh, for a year and really try out the mountains and see how I like it. Um, still close to Denver, so I'm close to all my friends, but I'm excited. And you know, I feel like I have a few more moves left in me. I could see myself, you know, maybe moving to a 
parts of California or Wyoming or Montana or, you know, I think at this point I'd like to have nature convenient to me now that I'm used to Colorado and the mountains because I really do love it so much. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thank you so much for being here. If this is your first time, if you're coming back, that means even more. So, well, no, I guess it's, it means equal, but thank you so much for continuing to listen and support. It truly means the world. So on today's episode, just a solo episode, me, myself, and I, um, I'm recording in my roommate Ren's room. We are going to talk about decluttering, cleaning, and just like getting rid of shit. This is currently a big theme in my life because I'm moving so much and I feel like moving is just a great time to kind of reevaluate and do a big purge on all of the random shit that you own that you probably don't need. And a couple years ago, I read the book. It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Read it a couple years ago. Totally changed the way that I now view, you know, all my possessions, how to organize, how to get rid of stuff, because I used to have a really hard time with that. And so we're just going to dive right into this episode. I'm going to talk about my own experiences and what I learned from the book. I summarize it and read it so that you don't have to. And I absolutely recommend this episode to anyone that's like me, that holds on to shit that they don't need, that is way overrun with random shit in your space and you've gotten to a point where it's a bit chaotic but you don't know how to start and where to turn uh this episode is for you so i hope you enjoy it and let's get into it okay anytime i move i'm always always just so incredibly mad at myself for how much shit i have that i truly don't need Having to totally remove all traces of yourself from a space really just forces you to sort through drawers of junk and clothes that you haven't worn in years, things that you've just been shoving in random spots and dealing with later. It kind of just brings all of it to light and you come head to head with any of the clutter that you've been avoiding for however long you've been in the space. I feel like this is a universal experience and that's what sparked me to record this podcast episode because I just moved out of my Denver house in November and that was a shit show. Then I moved to Winter Park for two months and I just last week moved to Breckenridge. So I'm constantly coming face to face with all of the stuff that I have that I don't need. I'm always striving to be a minimalist. I don't know if that will ever happen, but here we are with too much stuff. And I know there are other people out there that can relate to this. When I lived in Atlanta, I lived in a massive basement for two years. Half of it was my office actually for Ron Rebellious and half was my bedroom. And I accumulated so much shit just from being there for two years and also having so much space. It was like dangerous because I could just like put shit everywhere and I had a garage right next to my room too so I had like this overflow of clothes and racks in the garage of things that I didn't even wear but I just kept like literally signed me up for hoarders on TLC call me it was a mess and at this point in my life this was like three years ago four years ago I also didn't really like myself all that much which is sad to think about but I didn't when I look back I wasn't confident I felt overweight for me and my body I was constantly busy doing things that felt more like obligations than actual conscious decisions and things that I wanted to do And I've talked about this period in my life before, but I think one way I coped with not liking myself was just buying stuff. Rather than looking within and figuring out what the root cause was and do the hard work and the self-exploration, I felt that by doing external things to change my appearance, it would fix the issue. I had hair extensions, eyelash extensions, I'd get spray tans like once a week, once every other week, and I'd shop, shop, shop new outfits for every occasion, for every weekend, and I think subconsciously I was chasing a certain look and I wanted to look a certain way without doing any work. 
and maybe this dress or this pair of pants will actually fit me right and make me look the way I want to look and feel confident again. After coming to terms with the fact that I probably had a really bad disordered eating pattern and a really bad relationship with food, which I can talk about my journey with food and my body next week because that's a whole other subject, I started stripping things away. I got rid of the extensions, the eyelashes, I got a personal trainer, and really tried to focus on what was inside of me. Cue Marie Kondo. Now, this was long before COVID, and I can't remember when, but during this time, the rise of Marie Kondo occurred. She had a best-selling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and a Netflix show. I'm not sure what prompted me to pick up the book. Maybe my mom recommended it to me or something, but I did, and when I say it was life-changing, I mean it. Because once you do it, you will truly never be the same. The book is about so much more than just being neat, and that's cliche to say, but it really is true, because by going through her steps and practices and taking it seriously and really understanding her super powerful why behind it all, you are absolutely transformed. Because it's really not just your space that gets overcrowded and cluttered with too much stuff. Your body and mind feel decluttered too once you're done with it. Like, truly a weight lifted. And like I said, this was a time where I was really stripping away a lot of external things, really trying to get to the root of why I was feeling insecure and didn't like myself. So it was a transformative experience for me from the inside out. And I'm sure a lot more people can relate to that, you know, with buying things to cover up something else deeper that's going on. So it was transformative in so many ways. Anyway, so I found the book, I read it and began to realize how powerful the entire process could be for me. I was ready to tidy the fuck up. Like I said, I thought to record this episode because I I just moved houses last week and every time I move I'm always appalled by how much shit I have and having read this book four plus years ago the steps have stuck with me and I return to them all the time hence why I wanted to share it on the podcast. Clearly I'm not perfect because I continuously have to get rid of shit but I've gotten so much better and it's always something in the back of my mind and things that I practice in my everyday life. And moving is just a great time to declutter and reinvent yourself and your space anyway because you have to sift through, box up, and clean everything anyway. So while you do it you might as well purge your life and you know that way you don't have as much stuff to move when you are moving. I will also say if you've been in the same house for a number of years, my roommates and I in Denver did this you know in between moves. This is when we had just re-signed our lease for another year in the same house um, because you know when you're living in the same place for multiple years it makes the eventual moving out and relocating that much harder because over time you end up accumulating so much shit and you're faced with it all during your move all at once so to make it less overwhelming what my roommates and I did is we blocked out a day or a weekend I can't remember how much time to kind of like pretend we're moving out we threw a ton of shit away we donated things we sifted through our closets and we tidied up and it will make the eventual move way less scary so that's another thing I'd recommend for someone that's in the same house for a long period of time so let's talk about some prep for making this life-changing shift that Marie Kondo discusses. Then I'll get into the book and the steps outlined in the book. Just reading the book so you don't have to. It is truly my specialty. So first of all, and I said this in the habitual rituals episode um, where I talked about how to form habits, it starts with deciding what kind of person you want to be. So I would really visualize this. Rather than just teaching you how to clean up, kind of one and done, this book tries to help you become a tidy and neat person, someone that is naturally clean and organized so that the changes you make now will last for the rest of your life to avoid continuously repeating this entire process. So I'd say the mindset shift is the first thing. Then you should visualize what kind of space you want in your home, your bedroom, your office to be at the end of all this and get really specific and visualize this. Do you want neutrals, pops of color, girly, adventurous, minimalistic? What kinds of things about yourself do you want to show off in your space? How do you want to feel when you're in your space? Because everyone really needs a sanctuary and wants to feel enveloped in love 
and security in their own home. And in the book, she says, one theme underlying my method of tidying is transforming the home into a sacred space, a power spot filled with pure energy. By eliminating excess visual information that doesn't inspire joy, you can make your space that much more peaceful and comfortable. So that's a really fun way of looking at it. Lastly, Marie Kondo treats tidying up like a celebration. It's special, so you shouldn't be doing it every day. She describes it as a special send-off for those things that depart from your house. She thinks it's important to do it all at one time rather than slowly over time, which I totally agree with. And what I did is I blocked off an entire weekend. I said no to all plans. I knew I was going to be in town and I blocked off an entire weekend to really take this seriously and do this. And I had so much shit. I had to block off an entire weekend. I couldn't just do this in a day, which for most, I would probably would assume it would be the same. You could also do a whole week every night after work. Like as soon as you get home, that's all you do. But I would recommend doing it all at once because that way you get deeper and deeper into the methodology and the practice of it and you're more focused and repetitious with all the different steps that you go through to do it and so you just kind of get in a groove okay so now let's get into the nitty-gritty because basically the tidying it process is divided into two sections the discarding of items comes first and then the organizing comes next and they should be done separately in that order cleaning is a physical act the real work involved is deciding whether or not to dispose of something and then deciding where to put it Marie Kondo says that if you can do those two things you can achieve perfection so let's start with the first step discarding which for me personally is incredibly hard while doing this you should do it by category not by location or room which is probably most people's first move they're like okay I'm gonna do the bedroom first then I'm gonna do the bathroom whatever but if you do it by location you aren't discarding by like and similar items. For example, doing all clothes at one time, then doing all books at one time, then doing all shoes at one time. Because if you do it by items rather than doing it by location, you're in the same mindset as you go. And she just says in the book, it's a lot better this way. You can take it a step further and split these categories into subcategories to make it less overwhelming. So say a category is clothes. Then you can split that into subcategories. So, you know, you do tops in one sitting, then you do bottoms, then you do jackets, then you do dresses, etc. That made it a lot less overwhelming for me because I had a fuck ton of clothes. Okay, so we blocked out a weekend. Let's set the scene. Don't choose this time to catch up with a friend or listen to a podcast. I didn't even listen to music with words. I listened to some Yoruma classical piano. I lit a candle, really get the mood going. But I really think it's important to focus on this, which is why you shouldn't really have a ton of external you know, stimulation going on. Before we get into that, also one more point she makes that I really loved. Okay, so do you remember when you were younger and you thought your stuffed animals came to life when you left the room, that they were secretly alive, so you treated them extra nice just in case? Or maybe you're like me and still low-key believe that? The same belief goes for your stuff. It's all alive. You hold it with care and bringing it out of the drawer or the place that it's stored in and into the fresh air breathes life into it and it should be handled as if it's living. I know that sounds woo-woo, but it really stuck with me as I went through her steps and even to this day. So when you're going through each item, you're supposed to give each piece your individual attention, hold it in your hands and really look at it and feel the life in it and decide, does this item bring me joy? If it doesn't, with love, you thank it for serving its purpose. I would literally out loud say thank you to the item as I was doing this and place it in the pile for giveaway. It works, people, I swear. And in the book, she even talks about always riding your clothes from inside out to like back to normal and then to fold it carefully with love and care. She actually has a specific method of folding, which you should absolutely look up on YouTube because it is a game changer. You could literally just Google Marie Kondo folding and it'll come up. I use it when I'm packing for trips. I use it to put things away in drawers, everything. But even today when I'm doing laundry, I have that thought in the back of my mind and turn even my socks the right way if they're inside out and fold it with care rather than sloppily or with haste and in a rush. And I'm going to quote the book here because I really love how Marie Kondo words this. She says, in Japan, people 
believe that things like cleaning your room and keeping your bathroom spick and span bring good luck. But if your house is cluttered, the effect of polishing the toilet bowl is going to be limited. The same is true for the practice of feng shui. It is only when you put your house in order that your furniture and decorations come to life. To me, this seems perfectly natural. The philosophy of feng shui is really about living in accordance with the rules of nature. The purpose of my approach to tidying is the exact same. The true purpose of tidying is, I believe, to live in the most natural state possible. Because don't you think it is unnatural for us to possess things that don't bring us joy and things that we don't actually need? I believe that owning only what we love and what we need is the most natural condition. So that was a passage from the book, but I just really like the way she worded that. Okay, so back to the process. You can begin with easier items, like things that have less emotions attached to it, and then then move on to more sentimental things. If you're like me though, and even your bartar covered OTBTs from college are sentimental to you, then you are big fucked. Hence why I'm doing my best to walk you through it. I'm not a hoarder by scientific definition, but I do be keeping shit that I shouldn't be. So I'm going to keep referring to clothes in this and we can focus on clothes because that was one of my biggest issues. And I'm sure there's other people out there that feel the same. You're supposed to focus on one item at a time. You hold it in your hand and she says you're supposed to ask yourself the following questions while you're holding it in your hand, deciding what to do with it. Here are some of the questions. What is the purpose of this object? Has it fulfilled its purpose already? Why did I get this thing? When did I get it? How did it land in my house? Does this thing make me happy when I see it or hold it? Do I see it, hold it on a regular basis? And finally, does it spark joy? Now that's a long ass list. Yes, it's smart to keep all those things kind of in your head as you go through things. But what really helped me is holding each item and asking myself if it sparks joy. I especially have a hard time parting with clothes. I like to have options and I just get scared. Like what if I get rid of something and I miss it? Or what if it's not in style now, but it comes back? What if I finally lose the weight and it fits me again? Or maybe it was a gift. And I feel like I need to keep it or maybe it still has the tags on it and I bought it and I haven't worn it yet, but I feel like I need to because I haven't. So I hold it in my hands. Am I amped about this top? Does it really excite me? If yes, I keep it. But if no, then I toss it. But like I said, what if I've never worn it? Or what if it was a gift? I don't want to be rude and just give something away that someone thought about and, you know, gave to me. And just like the questions I mentioned before, think about if it served its purpose. What is the purpose of this object? Has it fulfilled its purpose already? Maybe the purpose was the excitement when I bought the top years ago, even if the tag is still attached. Maybe it was a memory and I bought it with a friend. And if it's a gift, the purpose could just be a token or a physical example of how someone cared for me or thought about me or how an item reminded them of me. It served its purpose by making the person feel good by giving it to me and by me feeling good by receiving it. So if it doesn't spark joy now, it's time to let it go. And think about it like this too. Like, would your friend that gave it to you want it to just take up space and clutter your life and not be something that you wear? Like the person that gave it to you that probably cares about you would want you to be happy. And if happiness means letting it go, then that's what you need to do. Just because something is a gift doesn't mean you have to keep it. And that's another big thing I learned from her book. Even for sentimental letters and cards, sure they are nice messages from friends and loved ones and they brought you joy and happiness at some point, but even though you keep them around, you probably never look at them again. They're just taking up space in a drawer collecting dust. So you've received the message from them, you loved it, you appreciated it, and it made you happy and therefore now you can let them go. The philosophy is the same as mine of saying no so you can say yes to other things in life. I've talked about that in past episodes. Because if I say yes to every everything I'm offered and invited to, I'm left broke, stressed, and not appreciative of all the fun things I'm doing in my life. So the same thing applies to this entire method. It's a simple reframe. For one, you're reframing, I want to get rid of this, to does this item bring me joy and excite me when I see it? 
which for some reason really helped me. Secondly, after you do the work, rather than looking at a cluttered space and feeling chaotic, you'll have a really harmonious space and you'll be able to see and appreciate what you have. You'll look around and spot the art you bought in Italy on a trip with your family or a candle your best friend gave you that's fragrance reminds you of a happy memory. When you have too much stuff, you get overwhelmed by it all and rarely notice what you do have and you forget the stuff that you have. Maybe that is really special to you because it's deep in a drawer somewhere or behind other things that you don't really give a fuck about. That's what I think makes her method so magic. She focuses on what you are keeping instead of what you are discarding. So it's less about what you're leaving in your life and more about what's staying to bring you daily joy. This also negates you from keeping the classic toxic genes that fit you four years ago that no longer do, that you're working to fit back into. When you hold these items, do they spark joy? God no. If anything, they just spark a fuck ton of anxiety and make you want to go to the gym and skip lunch. Okay, so you finished discarding everything. For your discarded things, I would recommend either donating or trying to sell them. I've done Poshmark before, which I love. It's very user-friendly easy, but for me, I decided to make an Instagram account to sell my stuff called Selling Cute Shit because I didn't want to deal with anyone taking a percentage of my profits, which is what Poshmark does. And so I did that. I've sold a ton of stuff and I literally use it to this day to get rid of shit and I love it. It makes me money. My friends use it sometimes. It's the best thing ever. So definitely do that if you want to get rid of a bunch of stuff and make money off of it because Plato's Closet will not give you a dick. If you're donating, I would say the best route is to take your belongings to a woman's shelter. Shout out to my friend Hannah who taught me this because taking things to Goodwill is very easy, but it's being sold there, not given to anyone for free. And at a woman's shelter, the items are given to people rather than sold. So just something to think about. I mean, everything is a good deed, but you can do a bit better by maybe bringing your stuff to a woman's shelter. So with organizing, my takeaway is basically that every single thing that you have has to have a place and every single thing should make sense in its place. Just as you discarded like items together, store like items of the same type in the same place and everything must have a spot. That means no junk drawers, no having summer clothes and winter clothes and changing them out because you don't have room in your closet. And listen, I know this is hard. Shit, I'm still guilty of the junk drawer thing or at least a nightstand drawer with my vibrator and shrooms and diaries and various things. But really do your best to dwindle it down to the space you're provided. This part is a little more fun, in my opinion, because you get to find new little homes for all your favorite things, and organizing is so satisfying. And think about it like this. These are all of the things that pass your test. These are all of your favorite belongings that spark the most joy in your life, and you get to put it all away, dust your hands off, and you'll never have a mess again because now everything you own literally has a place to go back to. She also talks about when you are organizing, think about it as you use it. Make things accessible to you and make it make sense in your daily life so you're creating less friction when you're doing your day-to-day tasks. Now, like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm constantly dwindling down what I own but then continuously spending money on dumb shit, which I used to be really bad about, just buying, buying, buying. Literally every single pop-up ad that my personal FBI agent sent to me was money in their pockets. It was like my own personal shopper but I've gotten so much better and will hopefully keep spending money on less shit so I can afford to buy a house someday and not be as stressed when I move. Also, speaking of buying too much, I know this is off topic but my mom said this to me. I had to come to Jesus a couple years ago with my parents. I had this mantra that money wasn't real and I think I adopted that during COVID just because I was so stressed out about money and then I took it way too far and was just spending money on dumb shit like that I did not need. Literally swiping up to every single pop-up ad just because I was like, yeah, sure, why not? It wasn't even like I had a shopping problem. It was just that I wasn't 
using any resistance at all or self-control was just shopping shopping so my parents called me told me I was spending way too much fucking money told me the numbers I sobbed on the phone it was a whole thing and I wasn't making a lot of money at the time with Ron Rebellious it always kind of ebbs and flows and my dad was like pretty harsh like laying it on me my mom's more the voice of reason like sweetie it's okay like as soon as I started crying and one thing she said which I never really thought about is like for our parents generation if you wanted to go shopping you had to actually make an effort like if you're gonna go spend money you have to get in the car you have to go to the mall or a store and you have to walk around and you have to shop and you have to spend money they didn't even have online shopping at this point so you had to go in person which is like a whole thing like think about the last time you went to the mall I like avoid the mall at all costs now not only do we have online shopping where we can lay in bed and just shop but the worst thing is is we have pop-up ads so we're not even thinking about shopping it's not like we're typing revolve in on google we're literally just on instagram or tiktok or like innocently just like consuming social media and a pop-up ad shows up and it's curated to exactly the things that we like so it's like our favorite things are being shoved in our face and we have to constantly have our guard up and resist it rather than you know choosing to go to the mall which my mom was like that's so hard like we never had to deal with that give yourself some grace so be aware of that too you know we're in a consumer world we're constantly getting fed things because our market wants us to buy things and wants us to invest back and it wants us to continuously buy things over and over and over and need 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 more stuff when really you don't need that much stuff and you should have special things that bring you joy rather than an endless amount of shit that you don't really care about but okay that's so besides the point (laughs) sorry for the tangent but it just reminded me of that so anyways that's a wrap we will leave this episode here this is definitely a shorter episode but I just felt compelled to share it and this whole process helped me tenfold like I said really changed my life and so I hope it can help a fellow clutter queen like myself if this is your first episode thank you so much for listening you can catch up on all things raw intentions on spotify apple podcasts we drop new episodes every single thursday morning so you can look forward to that and we've got tons of stuff stockpiled we talk about a wide array of subjects so check out past episodes if you're new here if you are a returning listener thank you so much for listening i so appreciate your love and your support if you feel so inclined and want to support us even more you can like rate and review us on any platform that you get your podcast and that you're listening it really helps us out if you have any ideas of things you want us to talk about or people you want us to bring on you can shoot us a dm and follow along for all things raw intentions at raw intentions podcast on instagram we post on there as in i post on there like once or twice a week and i think that's all i have to tell you guys so happy thursday or whenever you're listening to this thank you so much for listening and i will see y'all next week